Welcome, everyone. Uh, we have a special inaugural show for y'all today. It's Mr. David Logue, the top person, the top salesperson of Bill Deere, and a father to a beautiful daughter, and a poker-playing king. So, David, welcome. How's it going, man? How's the Wednesday kicking off for you in this uh, October 4th year? It, it was spectacular out today. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling alive. Um, thank you for joining me. Thank you for being my first guest on this podcast, David. So I want everyone to start with a flex when they come here. So David, flex for me. What are you professionally proud of these past couple, this past, I don't know, past couple of years? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the number one thing is, is like you said, I mean, being the, the father of a beautiful daughter is always going to trump just about everything out there. Um, but, uh, honestly, it's just the, the, the progression, the growth, uh, you know, the fighting through the hard times and, and getting where I am now and kind of, kind of that entire journey in and of itself has been a, has been a, a monumental success over time. And just all the players that are involved with that and a lot of iron sharpening iron. And, uh, and here we are having a, having an inaugural podcast. Dude, you made it all the way to the podcast, reframe sales. Things are huge for you. So. Like you said, you had these struggles, right? And tell me what those struggles look like. Like where, where did we start? How did we get to even doing sales? Because a lot of, at least for me personally, I just kind of fell into the thing. I never really wanted to do it. So how did you get here? How did you become number one? Sure, man. Well, it all starts with this thing called capitalism. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll save that podcast for Noam Chomsky if he ever hits me up. Uh, <laughs> He's next. He's listening, dude. He uh, loves the hey, spot. No, he already he emailed my wife. It's a whole long story. We'll save it for podcast two. Uh, yeah, yeah. She checked on him during COVID, but uh, he emailed her back and said he was good. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> That's but, so uh, sick. It all. I I I went to school for uh, exercise physiology with a focus in cancer rehab. Uh, my my dream was to help and and save as many people as possible. Um, I didn't get into the cancer realm right away. I got into cardiac rehab at the hospital at uh, PVH and MCR in northern Colorado here. Um, and I was doing just that. I was doing what I wanted to do. I was saving lives. Uh, I was feeling I was feeling good. Uh, however, uh, Colorado is an expensive state, and I couldn't clear thirty six grand a year working night shift with the d night shift differential and everything. That's all that we're paying. You're paying thirty six grand to help yeah, you with people for cancer. <laughs> well, well, that one's for uh, the cardiac rehab. So, like stress testing, uh, cardiac rhythms, doing constant the code blue teams, so all the CPRs and things like that. When people go into cardiac arrest in the hospital, I'd be on that team. So uh, that's yeah, not it, enough money. Yeah, yeah. So uh, all of the uh, I, I don't know all the signs that I, I stopped and, and kind of had that that self reflection of what do I want future long term? Where do I want to be? What's that look like? Um, and, you know, I've always wanted to, to, to be the family guy. I also have a ton of hobbies that, that require funding as well. And I realized I couldn't live the life that I wanted to live while being in that, in that career field. So um, being night shift, I just researched a lot. People have always told me to get into sales because I have, quote unquote, the gift of gab, which I almost found insulting because uh, I thought that they were trying to just deter me from what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but once I put the pride aside, uh, I got I started digging, and I thought you know maybe medical sales. I actually had some interviews with Stryker uh, for selling this Mako machine, which is like a, a knee replacement machine. Didn't get the job because I had no sales experience. Who'd have thought? Um, did my interview at uh, at Constant Contact for my first real official sales job, 
And um, honestly, I, I honestly don't think I would have got the interview had the managers known that they had their entire sales process written behind them on a whiteboard. So, <laughs> think, dude, that works for you. So I was reading that they were like, hey, man, walk us through the sales process. And I just had to play stupid like I wasn't reading it behind them. Um, it made, it work. made it through and, um, you, you know, I got I, I made it through, honestly, on like the sports vibes. And I come from a lot of sports backgrounds, so. I could tell that they like that team mentality, that grit, that competitiveness that comes with that, that as you learn uh, when you get more into sales, how, how important and integral that really is. Um, so yeah, that's that's what got me over to sales initially was just uh, looking for that career path, testing the waters, kicking the kicking the tires, if you will. Um, getting into it was- why, why constant contact? Like, why did you apply there even to begin with? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I was just, I just, I think it was just like, indeed, I was going through stuff. I applied for Madwire, um, went there and the, the, the guy at Madwire, which is a local marketing group, his name is Samson Jagoris, that interviewed me and, and he just seemed like a, like a complete Yahoo. Honestly, he seemed like, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he seemed like, uh, he got the job, not based on credentials, but, um, and it, and it, it kind of reflected and showed he even, couldn't make a decision at the end and offered me the job like 60 days after the interview, at which point constant contact had already offered me the job. So I was like, if it takes you over 60 days to make a decision on me, I, I think I'm good. Interesting. Well, we are going to probably cut that because we want to make sure we're not alive with that. You don't want to bad mouth anyone ever. Or maybe we won't. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But made me laugh and we love laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, we've heard things about Madwire. Always interested to hear people uh, applying there and talking there. But with constant contact, I mean, I can share an anecdote about you because that's where you and I met. Um, we, because how long were you there before I joined? Uh, just like three or four months before you, I think. Something like that. And we were, it was me and we, like I did pretty well after a couple months. And one of my biggest memories there of you was we were walking we were just chill, chilling in the break room or like we were walking and we like ran into each other in the break room and you asked like how my mouth was going and i said i was doing like 110 120 whatever the quota attainment was up to that point you're like oh i'm at like 40 percent. i'm gonna get canned if i don't kill it this week and then you killed it this week you put up like you got like 70 or 80 percent of your quota attainment in like a week so like tell me you went from there and then over the next, it was like a year, year and a half, you like just your career like just flew. <laughs> like you've been flying ever since. So tell me how you got from there to like what you're doing now. Sure, sure. So in a little bit of background uh, with with like that process is they very much had, a, as you know, had a hard line uh, that if you didn't meet certain standards, they just axed you pretty much right out of the gate. Yep. Um. And I just saw people that were successful and I, I just, you know, maybe I'm cocky, but I knew that I could be better than them. Um, and also too, I, I had to have a mindset shift. So what led to that month being so terrible at that point was I actually had knee surgery. Um, they weren't approving me the days off. So I was coming in, honestly, I was still on my, on my meds from the knee. I had my, my knee on the desk with this circulating water going through. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that bro. Hasa would come up to me and be like, dude, you look completely out of it. And it's like, dude, I'm, literally on painkillers you guys wouldn't give me the time off so i don't i don't so that's that's where i learned that sales is a hard line man like no matter what happens in life you're gonna have to have to get there uh so what's actually ironic is not only did i have the comeback uh to to stay 
employed, it was actually on the last day of the month, no promotion, last day of March. I dropped 17 sales in one day. Uh, it was it was my record, uh, even even after all the promotions and, and Black Fridays and all that, um, just to just to keep my job. And the mindset that shift is uh, one day that that day I just realized, hey, I, I have nothing to lose. Um, I before I viewed my calls as annoying people or or I I felt like I was uh, like a telemarketer. And that's that viewpoint and how you envision yourself really reflects how you sound, how you come off and how you approach your daily operations. So. You can make all the dials you want, but if you're not doing it with the right intention, if you're not doing it to fix their business, find their needs, at the end of the day, you are going to be that person that is annoying because that's all you're doing is annoying. Um, and so once I changed, made that big mindset shift, uh, I, I saw the success that that came right after it. And then, um, you know, from there, I started uh, to, to work on how to stay in that mindset. Like, what does it look like through the grind to be able to continuously do that um, even when things aren't going your way? Matt, I didn't know they were making you work while you were on. Yeah, and they gave me they gave me uh, they gave me five days off. Um, that included the surgery day and everything. So, uh, yeah, they were. <laughs> oh my God, bro. Yeah, so it's a it's a it was a definitely a, a harsh environment as far as beginning for sales. However, turning looking back hindsight, complete that battleground that style. That's what made me where I am today. And honestly, the big differentiator to me and other reps that I see out there, because I don't think that anybody else had to put up 17 sales to be able to continue their job in one day. So odd bank killers. <laughs> Never means they were odd bank killers with a surgery knee. Some say it helps. I don't know. I don't recommend it. <laughs> Jim Ursley would say it helps. Uh, just kidding. So you know, that if it helps you, that's a bigger problem you have terrible <laughs> than, than I didn't know you had knee surgery, man. That makes that story even cooler. And yeah, and then tell me more because I know it didn't stop there, bro. Like I know you, I know you went to building, but like you, you climbed that corporate ladder. So one thing I learned uh, from that experience as well was that um, you know you have to you have to get this help that you need and that you require, no matter what it takes. So at the time, I went to my manager, and he had pretty much given up on me. I got hired with the rep of the year in my same hiring class, and all his focus, all his, they could give you extra leads, but they don't. They give them to whoever's going to convert them, which the rep of the year is going to do that. So since I wasn't getting the help that I required at that time, I actually looked at the top board, the top performance, and I sought them out. And I sat with them, and I listened to their calls, and I took what I thought would work for me. There are certain styles that don't work. The hard, strong arm does not work for me. So there were certain reps I could listen to, but also, you know, you had to tailor your own, your own style. Um, now I feel yeah. insulted. He didn't talk to me. <laughs> I don't know if I can, if I can, uh, replicate your style, man. I've been practicing your laugh in my bathroom for three years. I can't get down. <laughs> I don't know, man. One day I'll land it. One day I will land it. Uh, <laughs> but I tried that a couple of times and just got a couple of hangups. So decided to go with a more strategical approach. Um, <laughs> which led me to go into inbound because <laughs> yeah, uh, that outbound grind, uh, like I said, great, great, great platform, great foundation, taught me the grit and everything. However, making 120 dials a day, I just, I, I couldn't do it, uh, long term. Yeah. Uh, it just, again, different strokes, different folks. So, uh, aggressively went after the inbound position, which they told me that they had no intention of hiring me. They had already pre made up their mind. And after my interview, they, they actually skipped who they had in mind and hired me, which is, uh, which was awesome. Uh, right, you stay flexing on these people, dude. You get 17 sales. Oh, look at that. Look at that. We'll bet that woman to a tattoo. Uh, 
Maryland, Colorado. Oh, that's dope. Cool. So, yeah, man. College, summers, whiskey, couches. You never know what happens, man. Yeah, someone just did that, like some stray, like just someone, like, is that a tattoo artist? Just Yeah. Friend had a tattoo gun. I was drunk on LTD Canadian whiskey, and here we are. I, I don't know what that is, but it sounds like a good time. It's cheap. Is it better or worse than Jim Band? <laughs> but, uh, yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> same vein, same vibes. <laughs> so basically, you had a, you you got all these sales while having knee surgery, and then they didn't expect you to get the job, and you just kind of impressed them. Then you went from there. Then yeah. I don't, there's more of a climb. Like we're we're not stopping at inbound. Like you did well on inbound too, and then right uh, when I came to inbound, I found the opportunity to kind of reinvent myself because I thought I was viewed as that lower performer that was kind of like on the trajectory up, but not quite the top performer yet. So when I came to inbound, I thought I got a fresh slate here. Nobody knows what I can do. Nobody knows. So I was like, let's just forget who you were. Let's keep building on, on where you're going. Um, at that time, that's when they created the, the cross sell team, uh, where I saw a huge opportunity because I knew if I could pivot before anybody else could pivot, that would be a huge differentiator. Also the cross sell passes at the time made the most money, which is why we're all here at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I just I took that and ran with it. I made huge relationships with uh, the, the manager at the time, Eric Eisenhoff, Big Sexy. Yeah, and, uh, and man, we would just I would just communicate while I was on the calls with people, and I just learned how to get the information I needed, not attack it, put it in my back pocket, do my normal sales process, bring it all back at the end, and then go ahead and pass that lead over. Uh, and that was a huge differentiator, which then led to actually getting noticed. Um, and then that's what led to getting into that management style role. Uh, came the sales coach, sales coach of the year, then up to uh, inbound manager. And then they made me inbound managers, the, the cross sell team managing, the chat manager all at the same time. Whoa, you did all of the jobs at once. Yeah, yeah. It turns out when you do something good in management, they just keep giving you more and paying you the same or less. So that's actually what ended, what ended my tenure there. Uh, that's so much work, man. That's like... What's that under you? Was that like 15 people, 10, 15 people working for you simultaneously? Yeah, three different departments? Something like that, yeah. And then they started adding other ones too. They added the partner program as part of the inbound team. Um, and then uh, again, I get paid off of, of quota attainment. So uh, when you have three different teams, you can have two that are Excel and, and one that tanks, and all of a sudden, there goes your paycheck. That's so you had to. Crazy. Yeah. So I brought that up uh, a couple times. They they weren't willing to, to change anything. Um, they were like, no, 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 we're paying you just enough. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, eventually I was like, again, you know, you hit those crossroads and you go, cool. Well, what are you going to do, David? Where are your morals stand? Where are you going to go? Uh, I was a little bit nervous cause it had been, you know, three years since I had been on the actual front line of sales. However, uh, I reached out, uh, to our a previous director of mine and Tim Shea, uh, just yeah, talked to him about, Tim's the man, dude. He's he's hard to read, man. I can't get anything by him. Trying to like ever, but like, dude, he means well and he's kind. He bought me. Uh, I wouldn't wear shoes in the office because I'm a little bit of hippy dippy. He bought me those <laughs> Cam Newton slides. Hey, man. Held together with push pins. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I talked to him a little bit. Found out a little bit of his history, and uh, he was with this new, outside of the 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 uh, startup phase, but still a newer, younger pop and company in Buildium. And uh, I decided to to take the swing. Um, my my family just background they have purchased properties and rented them out. So real estate's always been in the back of my mind. Something I've been trying to get into. 
Uh, so I felt like I could talk to that clientele. Um, did the interview, thought I bombed it. Uh, they called me back and, uh, and, and, then, and then there I was. And again, had that chance to, to reinvent myself. Now, this is a true reinvention where nobody knows my past. Nobody knows my history. I don't even think Tim remembered if I struggled or not. So I, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. So I, I felt like I, I could truly, yeah, build, build this new foundation and launch from there. That's awesome, man. And then as, as if we learned anything so far about you is that even when you bomb, you're going to find a way to succeed when that bomb happens. You're going to turn that bomb into like a nice little, I don't know, Sunday. It's all about mindset, man. I mean, like the bad things are going to happen to you. Bad things are going to happen a lot. And it's all about if you can't find that silver lining, then it's just a bad thing and it's a waste of a bad thing. But at the end of the day, like like that, that that's where, I mean, that's honestly where the growth comes from. If there's no trials, right? Like, like you can't have courage without fear. Like it's all, it's all a balancing act. Um, so that too. it's hard to, hard to find it, hard to see it. And, uh, what I've taken a lot of lately is I'll actually, I'll take the time to meditate on things, um, heavily, heavily ADD. So the, uh, the meditation really helps me focus, align, prioritize and, and attack. What kind of meditation are you doing? Honestly, I do just a bunch of guided meditation. Um, so, uh, I'll, I'll pop on YouTube and just pull up 15 minute uh, guided meditations just because I'm cheap and I don't want to pay for uh, the mind uh, or whatever the one with the orange ball is uh, anyway, Calm or whatever the other apps are out there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just... One for something you can get for free that's crazy. Dude, there's there's tons <laughs> that you can get for free for sure. So, uh, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, yeah. if you don't want to hear the same Australian accent, you can totally hop on YouTube. Hey, man, dude, I love all accents. Yeah. I'm not going to... I'm just talking trash because I don't want to pay it, but I would totally, if it was free, I'd be all over that. Me too, bro. I mean, yeah, I, every salesperson, I feel like you got to have something, right? Like you can't just be in sales and like not have a, eat. it's sometimes it's vices and sometimes you need a vice. It depends on who you are, but like I've seen the top performers. It's not usually vices as much as it's like healthy routines. Do you feel like that's the same? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the ones that have the healthy routines at the end of the day are going to be more consistent. Um, you can have your 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 unhealthy vices for sure, but um, typically there's there's a downfall or a cost associated with that. Which who knows? Maybe that's what's driving their sales performance at the end of the day. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah. I think if there's one if there's one thing for anybody, if you guys are have uh, you know ADHD or you're struggling with that, I, I really would say the number one thing is. Uh, how, giving yourself that time and meditation, which honestly, if you have ADHD, is probably the hardest thing in the world to sit still for five minutes. But uh, hey, bro, look at me! I've been bobbing my head this whole interview. I can't. I cannot just sit. <laughs> hey, man. Well, let's. We can meditate right after this. If you really want to call, if we did it right now. But uh, yeah. How interesting would it be if we said doing all this meditation for the next 20, 30 minutes? Um. So no, I also know about you at Buildium because I have some buds at Buildium. And that's how I knew that you were the number one. You're the king. You're on the mountaintop. You were smacking, smacking, smacking names, taking faces. You, I don't know if you sold it or something else, but my HOA, who I don't like, they use building. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big uh, proponent of defunding HOAs personally, but if they're going to purchase my product, I'll sell them at the same time. Um, <laughs> Take your money in two ways. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Honestly, I, I, I didn't like where the direction of constant contact is why I decided to leave. Uh, once I decided to leave, like I said, I had a chance to envision who I wanted to be here. And I decided before I 
hopped into actually taking the role um, that I was going to take a full company approach. So I wasn't just going to come in as a sales rep. I was going to learn what Buildium had to offer, learn the different branches, learn where I could lean in, learn where I could help out. And what that did is that allowed for opportunities to arise that I think were blind to a lot of people. Like, again, we are here at the end of the day to provide for our families, provide for ourselves, to get ourselves where we want to be. So by any means possible. And people stop at their role. They think that that their role is is their their electric fence, their their boundary. They can't touch it. Oh, my God, what happens if I... So anyway, what I did is I, I took those boundaries off. I took those limits off, took those blinders off, and I came in with a new approach. So when I heard that they were hiring, I said, okay, cool. I hopped all over that, um, reached out to a bunch of, of talented reps, uh, and I said, hey, guys, we're hiring. I had to make a lot of connections. I took a lot. It was a lot harder than it sounds, but... I uh, created a full spreadsheet. I actually ended up getting 17 different individuals to apply for Buildium. I got six hired. Um, and so, and I was a lot of them. Thank you again. Hey, bro, you were doing the same thing. <laughs> you were reaching out and trying to get them to go to you. Uh, you were my competitor. <laughs> yeah. I saw you checking my LinkedIn. I was just waiting for this inaugural. I was like, when is this going to happen? When is he going to invite you? Yeah, we're waiting for this inaugural podcast interview. And you're like, all right, now I'm going to put up it. <laughs> Perfect time. So, uh, yeah, so so with that wide approach, too, so not only did I get, get people in the door, but I have to be a good representation of myself in order to get them hired. So I had to make sure I kicked it in the doors as well. A lot of this was the chip on my shoulder coming from the past company chip on my shoulder knowing that I started slow at the last company and knowing that I couldn't afford to do that now having a family. Um, so definitely, definitely I can't, I have a stress approach where I, I am stressed, but not, I, it's like in hockey, they tell you to play with emotion, but don't play emotional. So, uh, I play like I, I, I do my job with the grind, but I don't let that grind get into my head so that it comes out of my tone and my sales. I'm not pressuring people. I just have a constant stress about me which at Buildium, they don't put that on you. It's up to you to be able to push yourself and have the internal, uh, the internal push. And they're, they're not gonna, they're, they're not gonna force it. Um, so you have to have the internal ground, the internal push. And so again, having that, having the, this wide, this wide viewpoint, uh, and my experience of the cross sell before and digging into other aspects of the business, I found that it's effectively they have a cross sell that they never even really touch on. It's just kind of in the background. So I got the rules changed for that. I got the reps paid more for, for that. Um, and I started passing those. So just year to date, I have 57 passes to what's called the VAST team, which is value-added services. The next closest rep has four. Uh, I, that's, that, that, that full of discrepancy is there, dude. So I just, I just try to lead by example. And, and I use those past lessons that I learned and those past failures to, to fuel and, and inspire me you know, moving forward here to ultimately bring home the fattest paychecks that I can. Dude, yeah, your story is so dope. I'm glad you're the first one, dude. It's just, it's so cool. Yeah, started from the bottom. Now we're here. Uh, I do want to clarify though. Here, uh, I I'm top in my segment. There's three segments. Just just to be fair, uh, this okay. guy just shout out to Aaron Cohen. He closed the biggest deal in Billium history on February second. Uh, so wait, wait, I finished all that. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to share that, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna Sorry. chill on that. But I will say, yeah, Aaron Cohen. Cohen. Yeah, Aaron Cohen, you're the man. Um, but just like I learned in the past when I was failing and trying to to fail forward, trying to succeed, I looked at the top performers. I replicated their process. Once I had the foundation down for this uh, for this product, then I went further. Uh, so we have sales engineers here that really understand the product. 
Yeah. Um, so we have a we have a gentleman Nathan Howe here, uh, absolutely phenomenal. He can he he knows the industry, he knows the product. So what I did is I got on a constant, continual communication basis with these people that are on another level than me, because the only way I'm going to get there is is to to attack and approach these people. So probably annoyingly so, um, hitting hitting them up and and following them and having them hop on my demos and having them show my calls and. And asking for additional like accounting information because that's what I have to like learn here as well, um, and uh, and and yeah, I mean those those the continuous growth mindset. Every day I just want to be a, learn something new that I didn't know the day before, uh, and there's like because at, the, at the end of the day we can't always control if we're going to get a sale every day, right? But what we can control is how we approach the day, what we leave on the table, making sure we make our best effort, and then at the end of the day, what did I learn? Like if I come if I come away with no sales and I didn't learn anything, then what did I just do with my life? <laughs> so they had eight hours, ten hours. Oh, I was I want to ask you, but it's like losing out of you. Like what makes you so successful? And I feel like you just laid it out. Like what do you like? What do you attribute all of this to? Because like right now you're number one. Yeah, so I will be number one. Everyone guns for you, and everyone always asks you how to get to where you are. Yeah, man, single income household. That'll do it. Uh, <laughs> if I fail, my family fails, and that's just not an option. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, just uh, yeah, just approaching it with this pressure, and then setting uh, setting up like like I I, I just had to set up a, a way, a system, a systematic approach to it. Um, so I basically have like two checkpoints that I push for. Uh, so every salesman, for the most part, at least in the industries I've been in, they always push for the end of the month, right? Well. Uh, here at Buildium, we have like timelines where, where people have to meet the timeline in order for us to get the set up correctly, which is usually halfway through the month. So I, that's my first checkpoint. I Before before uh, like the 15th or, or whatever, like two weeks before the end of the month, I make sure that I am on pace to hit the 100%. Because if I'm pacing to hit 100% early, odds are it's going to happen. And then that's where the, over, the overachievement comes. Um, if you wait until the end of the month to make that push, I mean, it's... It's honestly, it might be too late. Um, and what that does by breaking it into two chunks is it helps me keep it consistent without like the burnout of like, oh my God, like I've, it's, there's, there's 31 days in this month. It's only day two. Uh, I'm just looking for day 14, day 15. I'm not looking for day 31. Um, once I check that, then it keeps me, oh, I'm like, hey, now I'm moving. Now I'm grooving. Now I got, a, now I got momentum. And the second half, it seems more downhill of an approach. Okay. So like, tell me, just so I understand a little bit more about your sales process, because every company has like some, it, it's generally the same, but everyone's a little bit different. I know Constant Contact, we were basically given trialers and getting those trialers to close. So at Buildium, what's that look like? Like what, how, how is your, like, how, how do you get point A to point B? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, same kind of thing. We have, we have a trialer system. So we, this is SaaS sales. So a software as a service. Uh, and so definitely trials, people can request demos, people can uh, come through what's called software advice leads. Uh, then there's, uh, you know, a lot of, I do, I'm, I'm not afraid to outbound. And again, that's the difference between me and, and kind of the incumbents when I came in is they like to, to, to work what was handed to them. And, and that's pretty much, pretty much what it was, but there's going to be those who have bad leads. And as a manager of, you know, like you said, 15 individuals at one time, I, if you tell me you got bad leads, I'm not going to listen to you because I can't control that and neither can you. So if you focus on the bad leads, you're never going to get anywhere. But the question is, what are you going to do next month when you get bad leads? What are you going to do? Are you just going to sit here and complain? Or are you just going to throw the month away? Well, I'm not going to do either. I'm going to go out and I'm going to outbound and I'm going to follow and I'm going to track and I'm going to close. Um, and so 
just having that mindset of like whatever's going to come my way that's fine i can't control that but i can't control how i'm going to react how i'm going to pivot so what what's your outbound process like your personal one like what like how how are you getting these people in the door like do you have like a nice outbound process like your personal one like what like how how are you getting these people in the door like do you have like a nice little zesty script like how do we how do we get uh, you know, I wish I wish I really had that. Um, I mean, a lot of times I just remind them that that they were checking us out at one point. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just like, cool. Like, how's basically how's the current software working for you? Like, did did you stick with them? Did you find a new solution? Are you still looking? Just basic kind of entry level kind of questions to to loosen up anything that I can get into. Um, how are the product is what we're going. How are the yeah? So Buildium, honestly, I I truly believe in the product. I think I think you have to believe in what you sell in order to be to be good at what you sell. Um, if you don't believe in it, it's going to come off one way or another. And it, not only just believe in it, but be enthusiastic about it. Like truly, truly believe like I'm going to use Buildium once I start my real estate business. Um, so I already know that this is the product I'm going to use. So I can speak to it with passion, with like yeah. just uh, from, from every angle and from a personal use case. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely the product uh, is going to be huge, but, and, and believing in the product is, is going to help you kind of get those hurdles and, and people will feel that when you talk to them, and that's what's ultimately gonna gonna get them over the hump. Like, why does this guy care so much about his product? Yeah. Let me tell you. Let's get into a demo. <laughs> so, is it like a regular demo, or is it? Just, are you just closing entirely on the phone? No. So you you do want to like discovery first on the phone, so that you know how to quote unquote tailor the demo um, to their needs. And and just like any sales, you want to you want to cut the fat, stick to sell them what they want first, then what they need second, uh, just because that's going to be the the entertaining them aspect um but but yeah pretty i mean pretty pretty similar sales process to just anywhere else uh when i finish you know is there anything else that, that we could have done is there anything you're hoping we could do like and when they say no then it's like cool why aren't we doing this um they don't want me to be like transactional here but uh in the 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 range that i'm in the the sales that i work it is a little bit more transactional okay. and um yeah so i i definitely i have I think a big part of it is I'm not afraid to to go for the close too soon. I think drawing it out with extra calls and extra things can make it a murkier process. I understand moving up market that that's going to be the case, yeah. but for where I'm at currently, um, I'm working for just for example one to you know 400 units. Um, as far as where if you have 400 units, you're vibing. Your life is good as heck. Yeah, I'm wor working on that right now. I got one. You got one? <laughs> Isn't that one out of Greeley? Yeah, yeah. I read that spot. I'm in Windsor now. Oh hell yeah! Are you like which place do you, I mean? Yeah, you can say that. Which place do you like more? What's near Greeley? Windsor for sure. I'm uh, I'm like right by this lake. There's that's it's. Oh, it's like awesome. Yeah, I'm in between two breweries, uh, all walking distance, which is nice. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's for more of that LTD Canadian whiskey. <laughs> hey man, maybe maybe that's the the true secret to my success. That's uh, the Canadian meme, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> The secret to success is Canadian Jim Bean, dude. I love that. That could be the headline for this whole thing. You know, they're paying me on the side. Uh... <laughs> we get sponsorship by whiskey companies at this professional podcast. You know, dude, I think what everyone wants to do, you're killing it and you're doing really well. Like, what are we W2ing at this year? Like, what are we going for? Yeah, so to put it in perspective, too, um, one thing that brought me over to Buildium is just their ability to uh, move up in the in the organization. I feel like a lot of sales yeah. roles, you're kind of stuck in that sales role, and 
And here's not the case. Um, they want to grow you. They want to move you up. So when I joined initially, the OTE for the role that I'm at is 110, which mm-hmm. to be transparent was a little bit intimidating because I was like, I don't, I don't know. I've never been here. This is a whole new thing. I haven't sold in three years. Am I going to be able to overachieve that? Which in my mind, I have to overachieve that in order to, to provide. Um, so currently, uh, October 4th, I have my W2 pulled up. I'm sitting at 148. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh, damn. Dude, he's yeah. money. Yeah, so uh, not not a bad not a bad start uh, to the year. 148, not bad at all, bro. What are you doing all that money? You print, you, you taking all those dollar bills and fill a bathtub and just like backstroking? Yeah, I can tell you don't have a kid. Uh, I don't have a kid. <laughs> I don't have- have my dog yeah no i got two dogs three cats uh a kid a wife uh that's where the money goes but i drive a 99 camry just as uh you know what i mean i just yeah. you can make all the money that you want in the world but if you want to keep it you gotta have a pre-owned car just calling that out there for all you sales reps out there that have a good <laughs> have a good month and then you go buy an audi a4 and all of a sudden you have a bad month and now you're in debt um yeah dude it's it, it gets bad. i have a honda fit sport and i like, bu- <laughs> oh go ahead good at ninety five hundred bucks in twenty seventeen, so it had thirty three thousand miles and it was sixty two thousand. I'll be driving that till I die. I'll tell you what, man. As a sales manager, you almost don't like to hear anything better than your sales rep buying an expensive car because you know they're gonna have to hit them numbers. Probably saying out loud. That's awesome. They turn around and they go, "You got a Tesla? Nice. Never gonna have to pay for gas again." Like two. You should buy three Teslas, maybe. I've been pulling. Hit them phones, son. You want that Tesla upgrade? That auto drive? It's an extra 10K. Like, let's go. Let's go, dude. So, tell, like, you're killing it. You're doing really well. So, like, man, what are you, like, you have succeeded everywhere you've been. At Buildium, there was no bottom. You have, It sounds like you just kind of walked in and were the guy. Which, congratulations, by the way, that is so killer. Um, Where are we going from here? Like, what are we, where, where are we trying to go? Like, are you trying to... Like, so I, I put my, my name in, I've been, dude, I came in here and I just started swinging for the fences immediately. Um, I did okay. Like the, the first three months, honestly, I exceeded expectations. Uh, and they had, a the, the highest level of sales here, just called mid market had an open role. Uh, I just, I just swung for, I was like, you guys care if I apply, even though I just got out of training and they were like, dude, give it a shot. So I rolled up my sleeves and, and I, and I did, I swung as hard as I could and I gave it my best effort, obviously didn't get the role. Yeah. Um, but fast forward uh they just i just reapplied for that role last month also uh got passed on um which is is fine um for now but uh wow dude the guy david love you the the guy that moved up um his his position became available yeah uh i've been negotiating to take that spot it's been a little bit hard because technically i'm outperforming that spot's ote now so um it gave me a little bit of wiggle room as far as negotiations which We'll see. I might be moving into that spot here end of month. Um, yeah, I, I should know. I should know by the end of this week. So, um, what oh, Mike Bowl promotion? Yeah, yeah, should be a, a nice little promotion there. I've already hit senior rep. I hit it as fa- fast as possible. First, first rep to my knowledge to hit senior rep here since 2018. Let's um, go, man. Based on based on actual attainment, uh, a lot of times people would do well and then they just give it to them because no one ever hits it. Um, <laughs> Wait a. Bro, why does shine bright like a diamond? My my favorite my favorite is uh looking historically back at the month in sales. Like we they offer unlimited PTO here because you still have the same quota attainment every month. Yeah. I was shaking 
ahead of time because I had a two week raft or yeah, two week rafting trip in, in May. So I was like, man, how do like May that would have derailed my whole senior rep tracking and everything. So uh yeah, started just started outbounding hard early March. Uh outbounds take longer to close. I hit goal on the 14th of May, uh, came back from the two week trip, had a couple of days left and ended as the top rep in May with two weeks off, off, uh, before. And they, they didn't adjust your quota or anything. You just, you just, no, th- yeah, there's no quota adjustment, but that's part of the unlimited PTO kind of give and take. Damn. So, uh, yeah, coming back and then, and, uh, until, until last month, that was my highest month, uh, of attainment. So I was like 132%. And then last month it was 155 Damn, bro. How do you hit 155? Was it the same thing? You just outbounded really hard? No, uh, 150. Yeah, I uh, honestly, I, I kind of, I had my lowest month right before that. So I think I had some pipeline to, to clean up there um, as part of it. But uh, I, I just think kind of time of year, to be honest with you. I think a lot of people start to switch softwares, kind of Q3, getting ready for the next year. Yeah. Um, you know, you get your tax write-offs, get used to the system before Jan 1, uh, that kind of thing. So... Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit of time of year and then just, uh, replicating the same process over and over. Uh, so are you looking to get back into management? Like, do you want to be a sales manager again? If people listen to this, they're like, man, this guy could be a sales manager. Like, dude, I, I honestly believe that I can make the biggest impact on more people. I think that, that what I like the, the, the route that I've done coming from the bottom and getting to where, where I, I am currently and, and still looking to shoot shoot up. Um, I think that there's a lot of lessons that I've learned the hard way that I can teach. Yeah. And I see a lot of gaps and I see a lot, especially working remote, I see a lot of communication gaps that I feel like I can lean in and, and help out with. And I was, this whole time while hitting these numbers, I've been training people on the side. I've been training the reps that I got hired. I've been onboarding people, doing bass trainings because I thought I wanted that manager role. Yeah. Um, and honestly, you know, if they pay me right, I'll take it. But um, <laughs> but at the end of the day here, uh, I, right now, I I do like the flexibility of the the sales role here. They it's it's different than anywhere else I've ever worked. Uh, yeah. The work life balance is is un untouchable. Um, and so yeah, so I mean, with with all that, like I think the sales being on the front line is really helpful and beneficial for my personal goals long term, which is to launch my real estate business. And get that off the ground. So talking to people that are doing what I'm looking to do, I'm getting more insight. I'm learning more. I'm getting more resources being on the front lines. Yeah. So I'd say long term, um, unless I just want to be a W two person my whole life working for a corporation, uh, then you know if that was the case, I I would say yeah, sign me up to be a manager. But since at the end of the day, I'm trying to to be a real estate mogul. If you're to be a mogul, I like to be a mogul, bruh. Let's go, dude. So, so you want to, the biggest opportunity to make as much money as you can. It sounds like not just that, but the, with the just talking to to all every single client that I talk to, ha, like there's potential for me to learn, build a relationship. I have people that ask me for my for my number, um, because they're like, hey, if you ever want to, if you ever want to work with someone, like we liked you, we want to work with you. I, I'm currently working on getting my real estate license as well. Okay. Um, so there's a few brokers in in Colorado that are like, hey, if you get that, hit me up. Um. So it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's just really the, the real estate can be sliced so many different ways. And the deeper you get into it, the more avenues there are. And, um, yeah, I think that, uh, I think that being on the front lines kind of teaches me more and more, almost to the point, almost, almost too much. So like, uh, almost analysis paralysis at this point, but, um, kind of fighting through the weeds and figure out what direction I want to end. Where are you getting your next property? Where is it going to be? 
Interesting. So looking at uh, Cleveland, uh, Wisconsin, and a few areas in Texas. So looking at building a team right now, if anybody gets this in Cleveland, give me a shout. Um, <laughs> but Ohio is going to be cracking down on out-of-state investors, probably because there's a lot of good opportunity there, to be honest with you. Uh, you can find, for getting started at least, you can get some some lower-end properties in some classy neighborhoods for, you know, 100,000, 120,000 turnkey properties, you know, multifamily that you can cash flow it maybe about 800 bucks a month or so. Um, but eventually I would like to, you know, get into apartment buildings, get a 50 unit building, get something like that. Um, I think, I think if I could get right around 50 to 55 units, I could probably cash flow what I'm doing right now and not even have to work. Man, just like with everything else, David Logue needs to level up nonstop. He needs to go from his one house where you get to a hundred apartment units and then you're going to be king of real estate in northern Colorado? Hey, man, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. And probably won't be king of real estate in Colorado because uh, I don't know who can afford these uh, these houses here. I don't even know who's buying them. My brother bought a house for six fifty. It's like, ah! it is loud. Um, so much money. That's like 900 houses in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is 17 apartment units. <laughs> that's a, I'm like, damn, son. Um, so... Yeah, so probably not Colorado, um, but yeah, definitely some more of these, uh, to be honest, like Republican favored states, uh, a lot of times have better uh, roles towards owners as opposed to, to uh, tenants, which is something so, to be careful with. Are you going to stay in Colorado or are you, are you taking where, wherever the soul leads you? You know, I, I love Colorado for sure. I mean, I think in a, I, just because I have a family, I need to be like stable, and I think I will. I will probably stay here as far as the growing, uh, you know, my kids' growth and everything. But I mean, I as soon as I can, I would totally love to be like a six month here, six month somewhere else kind of a guy. Um, if I could raft all 12, 12 months of the year, I'd probably just stay here. But once the rafting dies down, I might, you know, pop over to to somewhere else. Like North Carolina is looking nice right now. I'm looking at it. I'm from North Carolina. That place. Ooh, yeah, that's why I dropped it. It's really it's killer out there, bro. They have mountains. They got beach. They got, you know, other things. They got Bryce Young. They do have. It's painful for me. Don't bring them up, right? Hey, it's okay. We're in Colorado. It can't hurt that bad. I had hurt pretty bad. Everyone, everyone cuts me. It's sure that yeah, I love him so much, and I knew he's gonna be good. But it's hard watching football right now. Man. <laughs> every day is pain for me. Every man, man, unless you're a Swifty, then it's a great time. That's true. I don't, I like uh, I didn't shake it off from my acapella group of three uh, when I was in college. You had an acapella group. I'm reversing this interview right now. <laughs> we cut it out and you add it with a little bit of like beatboxing goodbye. Uh, so I think David, I think I you have a think this was. I think we're good. I think this is. I think from what we learned here is that from what I gathered at least from you is that we want to it's not it's you want to take the hard times you want to turn them into positives that's the biggest thing i got from you like no matter what no matter how shit it might have been doing wherever you were you've always just kind of continued to grow and exceed all expectations yeah and i mean at the end of the day too there's it just like in every it's true in everything in life you're you're going to find someone's better at you at everything. Like there's somebody. And so finding that person, identifying who's better than you and just latching to that. Cause at the end of the day, like, like I said earlier, iron sharp is iron and you got to find, you got to find that you got to find those resources. You can't rely on your manager. 
you can't just solely rely on one person. You got to get you got to get after it. It's got it's on you to find it. It's on you to look at the resources. And as far as resources to mention, uh, specifically in SaaS sales, uh, gap selling was a huge was a huge one for me. I really like that one. Um, as well as uh, just trying to think of the other some of the other sales resources that have been pivotal. Um, I, I know that uh, the uh, what's the one with the Chris Voss here? Uh, Never split the difference was uh, was another one too, or don't split the difference or something like that. So those are the the two uh, the two books that I felt like were, were most pivotal as far as getting me the the educational side of the sales. Now, do you want before we go here? Thank you for sharing those resources. Do you need to share anything? Do you have any final thoughts that people can take away? Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, uh, wherever you're at, where wherever you want to be, like, like it's 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 doable. Like, I have forty one percent to 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 not getting fired. I wouldn't say I hit gold that month. I think I hit whatever the bare minimum was to not get fired. But, um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I mean, it, it is doom and gloom, and you you can totally throw in the towel. It's up to you. You don't have to do sales. It's not easy. It's never going to be easy. It's always going to be a grind. It's always going to be stressful. So decide what you want. Uh, know your why and bring that with you every single day. You'll see, I mean, my crooked posters behind me. I mean, I am, I have things all around my room that are reminders as to, to what I need to do, to what I have to do in order to be successful. Um, and then taking that time for yourself to clear your head, get that time. You're not just going to be able to get where you need to be by just outworking it because at some point you are going to, you're going to exhaust. Um, so taking that time, taking that self time, that self meditation give it to you as hard as that that might be the hardest part of your day is giving yourself 10 minutes to, to slow down um but i guarantee you by doing that leave a pen and pad pad of paper and a pen right next to you when you come out of that meditation you'll have priorities you'll have lists you'll remember that client you did you forgot about three months ago and you'll call them and you'll close it and you'll get where you need to be hell yeah david that was an awesome send-off so on that note this was the first episode of reframe sales david bow, 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 bow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>